So to make it easy for you, so you don't have to hola amigos, we, we got these little cards that we made in the back. It's, it's a simple little card. It says, I'd like to invite you to my church, National Back to Church Sunday, September 20th. Special activities for the kids with the address, the website. We're going to have a bunch of these in the back. Take a couple, and, and stri- this is not something to blanket and throw out, to you know, put on people's windshields. Take a couple and give a personal invite. Amen? There's somebody, everybody knows somebody that, that could use the benefit of being in community. That could use the benefit of, of learning about the love that God has for them. Amen? All right. So anybody ready for the word this morning? All right. I like, th- I like that excitement about the word in this church. Um, if, if you, anybody here for the first time today? First timers. All right. Let's welcome them, fam. Amen, amen. Welcome to the sanctuary. After service, there'll be uh, after service, so everybody knows directly after the service in those rooms, we'll have the prophetic rooms open for you. So if anybody, you just want to go and kind of have somebody pray with you and hear, hear from the Lord for you, that's available to you. Just uh, to the rooms over on the side after the service. So for the word, let's get ready. We've been in a series about the armor of God. Amen. And just so you know, those of you that have been around just in the last couple of weeks, I normally, I'm your senior pastor. Welcome. Amen. Thank you. That was weak, but thanks anyway. I feel the love. I love you guys. Um, the last couple of weeks, I like to take a break during August, you know, and I like to take a little season where I could kind of relax my brain and not make everything that goes in my head a message, you know, and kind of live like a regular person just for a little bit. And... I could easily invite a lot of my church pastor friends and a lot of my pastor friends from other churches to come and fill that time. But there's so many men and women of God here that God has a calling on their lives, that God is equipping them and calling them to preach the gospel. And so we're so blessed to have so many. And so I just I like I love to use this time to kind of release people into ministry and then use them throughout the year as well, not just for this little, this little season, but this is a good season where we release them. So today, bringing the, the last part of the armor in the armor of God, the sword of the spirit, I want you to, to welcome for his first Sunday message. I want you to show him a lot of love and encouragement. My hijo, Mr. J. Cruz. Amen, amen. Just for a second, let's just, this is crazy, is it not? I don't know how many of you guys have ever done this before. Not I. That's all right. Could you guys, uh, would, you, would you stand one, one more time with me? We're going to jump right in because I don't want to, it'd just be awkward if I told a joke or something. It just wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't fly. But we're going to read for you guys, hopefully, something that you've been reading the entire month that you've heard probably multiple times, right? We've been talking about it the entire month, and I want to read it one more time. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. You don't have to pull it out. Just close your eyes and listen. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. 
Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Father God, this morning, silence my, my words, Father God. And let your words come forth. Open up our hearts to receive no agenda from me but yours, Father. This morning, speak to us and seal it in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Wow. So I'm going to give you a quick overview. If, you, if it's your first day here, then, then I'm going to give you a quick or what we've been talking about for the last month. A few weeks ago, we learned from Pastor George about the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, reminding us of where God has brought us from, wrapping ourselves in God's truth, and to stop spiritually sagging. Uh. That was George. That was Pastor. That's your own pastor who you gave a kind of a lame clap to before. It's cool. He loves you guys. And reminding us that above all else, to guard our hearts. After that, Pastor Gary spoke about the shoes of peace, teaching us to walk in God's peace, challenging us to plant our feet and say, I am not giving in and I will not submit to the enemy. After that, Pastor Miguel spoke about the shield of faith, challenging us to put down our own shield and to pick up the shield of the Lord, understanding and believing that no arrow of the enemy can penetrate. After that, Pastor Lewis spoke about the helmet of salvation, reminding us that Jesus paid the price, challenging us to protect our thoughts and to put them in its place when necessary and understanding who God is and what he's done for us. So that brings us to the, to the word, amen? Now, see, I don't know if you, this is for you, but this is, this is kind of how I see things. I get kind of personal, by the way, um, so bear with me. I'm, I'm going to tell some, some stories. Anyway, so... When Pastor George first came up here and presented the series, I don't know, I, I didn't have a very strong connection to it. If, if Maybe I'm just, I'm a sinner. I'm not like you guys, all holy and amen, hallelujah. Can y'all hear me better? Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, I have a high-pitched voice. So, so I didn't have a strong connection to it, but he comes in here, so he's so like, He's so cool, and he does this a lot. I don't know if you know this. Pastor George does this a lot. Like, oh. And he does, like, some bilingual stuff, like, esosita heavy. And I'm like, yo, it's so dope what he's saying. But I didn't have a strong connection to it. 
until he asked me to preach about it. And then I was like, oh, I better get connected to this thing, right? Like, I got to start learning this thing. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you're probably going to have to preach. And I was like, oh, okay. So I can't just chill then like I do on Sundays. That's cool. But then God has a way, right? Amen? You guys know how God has a way? So a couple of weeks ago, lean in. This is a good story. A couple of weeks ago, I'm, I'm, prepared, I'm, I'm preparing for God to speak to me, and, and I got blown away. So I'm working a nine-to-five shift, okay? Now, picture you. You're me now, and we're at work, and you're working nine-to-five, okay? And somebody calls you at 4.30. You tell me what, what you're doing at 4.30. You ain't doing nothing, Jesus, right? You ain't doing jack. And so 4.30 comes, and my, and my work phone rings. And how many, can y'all say, uh-oh? So there's my work phone. But when I look at it, it's my coworker, yes, but he's a kind of like a friend coworker. You know, like one of those cool guys? His name is Carlos. But I don't call him Carlos. I call him Nene. Do you guys know what Nene means? It's kind of like a Hispanic term of endearment. Like, oh, chiquito Nene. You know, like, oh, how cute, boy. But it's kind of disrespectful in a lot of ways, too. If you think about it, like a grown man calling another man Nene, and he calls me Nene. And I think, I think that we think it's cute, but at the same time, it's like, nah, don't call me. Like, we're always trying to outdo each other. Like, nah, you the Nene. You the, I'm, I'm stronger than you. That's... And, then, and then, I don't know why, but God put me in a position where there's a bunch of people who look and act just like me at my job. So nobody want to back everybody. I'm, I'm the Nene. You the Nene. Anyway, so I pick up the phone in my typical fashion, and I go, what's up, Nene? And Nene usually responds with a little more swag, because he's a little older than me. He goes, yo, what up, Nene? Right? That's, that's what he usually does. So I say, yo, what's up, Nene? And he goes, yo, you still at work? I was like, ew, rude, right? And I said, no, brother, it's 4.30. I am not working right now, right? And he goes, no, 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 I need you. And so I'm like, why is he not playing with me? Like, what's up, Nene, you know? And so I'm like, Nene, it's 4.30. I don't know, what, what are you doing? He begins to explain to me what he's there for. And I'm like, Nene, you could do that by yourself. In fact, a real child probably could do that job. You don't need me. And he goes, no, I need you. So I go, well, what would you do? In your mind, is something wrong, right? I'm thinking, man, something's wrong with Nene. So I said, I said, I said Carlos. Now I'm calling him Carlos. Carlos, are you in trouble? Is there something wrong? And he goes, I can't say I need your help. So I said, oh, man. I said, give me the address. Now, the address, that's a what, address, that's a two-word syllable. Before I finish that word, he was halfway telling me the address already. So he obviously needed my help. So I said, okay, Nene. Now, a little background. I work, in like a, I work with gas, so sometimes it's, I work in an emergency situation. So maybe he needed my help there. Maybe he needed my help I don't know, right? So I say, okay, Nene, I'm on my way. I put it in the GPS. It is 30 minutes away from where I am. That means it's going to be 5 o'clock when I arrive to Nene. You understand? I clocked out. But I said, no, Nene needs my help. I put my, my beams on, like kind of like a police beam. And generally, the NYPD and FDNY understand that we work emergency. So they're seeing me with my beams on, and I'm speeding, and they're past. They're letting me go, go, go. Ding. 15 minutes I get there. Okay, in those 15 minutes, I'm going through every possible scenario in my head. Okay, in my mind, I'm doing the most manliest. Okay, when I get there, I'm gonna uppercut the first dude I see, right, and just karate chop this guy, right. 
I'm thinking, like, where's Pastor McGuire? I was like, I'm going to do a double leg takedown, rear naked this dude, and I'm going to just choke him till he goes out. Then I'm thinking, what if there's 10 of them? I could do, I'm like, I could take five, seven max, but 10, three more than what I'm supposed to handle? I didn't train for this, right? Joke. Don't 10 people, don't seven people challenge me. Actually, it's not a joke. I will take you down. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh. So now I'm thinking, should I take a wrench in? Should I take, and I'm thinking, what if I just go swing in the wrench and just hit everybody? Even if I hit Carlos, I don't care. I, I hit Nene, I pick him up, I scoop him, and I just run, Jesus. I ran for my life, Jesus, right? So I said, okay, let's do this. Then I'm thinking, what if there's a lot? I got to maybe talk my way out of this. So I'm thinking, let me get my speech right, my, 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 my Sunday morning uh, whisper on. Like, hey, God bless you, brother. Look, um, Nene is with me. And I just need, I'm just here for Nene. You, y'all can do whatever y'all want. I'm just here for Nene. And just, Nene just come walk, walking out. I get to the front, and Nene is, uh, he's from Panama, and he's very dark-skinned. Okay, the reason I tell you this is because this is what he looked like when, when I got there. Just white, Jesus. I said, what is going on? I come out the truck. I close the door. And I said, Nene, what is going up? And he goes, um, I'm going to show you. And so we start walking. You're me. I'm Nene, okay? This is the front door where that screen is, right? He goes. And I'm like, why is he doing a Michael Jackson pose right now? Why is he not just telling me what's going on? And he just, a little bit of the hip was turned, and he was like this. <laughs> I said, Nene, come on. And I look up, and I see uh, white markings on the door. This is the door that's visible to the street, and with like a, kind of like a cross with a circle around it. Anybody see Major League? Anybody see that movie? Two of you. Got it. Okay, so y'all don't know. Y'all don't know that guy. So it, yeah, this, it was voodoo markings. And the only reason I knew that is because I saw Major League, and I remember seeing him do those exact markings, and it was voodoo. And so in my mind, I'm me now. You're Carlos. You're Nene. And I was like, Jesus, this is what you call me down here for? Some graffiti on the wall? You don't even know what's going down? But in his mind, he was petrified. He was scared out of his mind. And he goes, Nene, I just need you to stand with me. His exact words, not mine. I said, okay, let's go. As we walk in, most of what we do is in the basements of like houses or buildings. This is, this is a house. And the more you walk in, every door, voodoo markings everywhere. We go to the basement and it's just voodoo stuff everywhere. This is probably where like all voodoo people from New York put their stuff in this basement. <laughs> it is packed out with voodoo stuff. And so I'm thinking, oh my God, little dolls, big dolls, right? And so he's looking around, and he's shook. I mean, he's shaking. He's white, and he's just like, Nene, I'm scared. And I, and I go, all right, man, what you need? What you need from me? I say, you want me to do the job? I'll do it for you. He goes, no, 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 I just need you to, I'm going to do it, but I just need you to stand with me. Stand behind me and make sure that, you know, none of the voodoo dolls start coming at me with a. <laughs> and next to, not right next to us, but in I, Carlos could see it. Nene was, it was visible to Nene that there was a life-size voodoo doll there, like hung up as if it was a cross. You know what I mean? And I remember it was life-size because it was like a bat for an arm, and I was, and, and I'm looking at it like, I'm, I don't know. This is crazy. And Nene said, I just need you to stand with me. No problem. The job took about 15 minutes to complete, and we're packing up our stuff, and we're right about to walk out, and I go, you know, Carlos, um, Ain't none of this got authority. You know that, right? 
And he goes, I'm glad you came. I didn't know who else to call. Nanda don't know me. He don't know I'm up here preaching right now. I mean, he knows me good enough. He knows, he knows like, there's something different about you. But I'm not walking around going to, going to work like, hey, Christian, nice to meet you. God bless you, brother. Today is the, door, the, the day is the day that the Lord has made. I'm not shooting from the hip like, hey, God bless you. You know, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to work, doing my thing. But Nene said, you're the only one I could call. You see, family, <laughs> that day I was prepared for a physical war. I was prepared to physically put dukes up and to save Nene from that getting beat down in my mind. But that day God was calling me for a spiritual battle that required my protection. You see, amen. During this series, we've learned that this battle that we're preparing for is not a physical battle. It's not something that we want to gear you up so you can walk outside and be like, armor of God, son. You know what I mean? Don't do that because you'll go to jail probably. And it's not like the good way, like, oh, but Paul went, Paul wrote this. He went to jail and it's like, mm, no, it's you're probably going to have trial and you're going to get, you know, you're going to get in jail. It's going to be bad. So don't do that. <laughs> We're talking about a spiritual battle. Amen. And maybe it's not voodoo, but maybe in your life it's depression. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's something that's going on that we keep covering up. With our Facebook po- uh, quotes, our Bible quotes, our smiles, our, I'm all good. God is good. Sometimes behind that, there's hurt. Our, our, our staying positive and our, well, I'm trying to, I'm, glass is half full in this one. But sometimes there's that spiritual battle that's going on behind the scenes that we can't tell people all the time. But it's there. It's happening. And most of these battles, if you think about it, I have never had a fight in my life, a physical fight, that was more devastating than some of my spiritual wars. It never injured me. They never hurt me deeply the way my wars do. They never scarred me like my wars do. Amen? My spiritual wars, that is. So that brings us to something that the last part of this this armor, which is the one weapon that Paul describes in this, in, this, in this passage, which is the sword. And he describes it as the sword of the spirit, the word of God. You see, the word of God, as it says in Hebrews 4.12, and I was told I had to say this because I used to be in a band called Double Edge. And um, if I didn't read this verse, God forbid. It says, Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. This thing is so sharp that it hurts going in and hurts coming out. It cuts both ends. No bone is strong enough. It gets to the marrow within the bone. It penetrates. This is what God is supplying you with as your weapon and saying, yes, I need you to have the helmet, the breastplate, the belt, the shoes, the shield, but I also want to supply you with the word of God as your weapon. It's going to get good. You know, it's all right. A few claps. Amen. (laughs) 
This thing is so sharp. And I believe that a lot of times the reason why maybe some of us are losing our, our spiritual battles, why some of us are getting defeated, is because maybe we have some of the pieces on. Maybe we have all of the protection on. But without the sword, we're stuck just defending ourselves. No war was won without attack. Now, check this out. I want, you to make, I want to make sure that I don't give you authority because... To, to use this sword as a weapon for any, just anything. Because it's very sharp. Too many of us are in the battlefield striking our own partners. Let's be careful, family. If we're going to be family here, and if we're going to go into this war, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of it. Don't use this thing to cut your, your peoples. Amen? Swinging it around recklessly. You have to understand how to hold your sword. That's why God is saying, get in it. Read. Dig deep. Learn. Equip. So when you're in attack mode, you know what you're doing. This, this word of God is not meant to be something to, to be used in a physical battle, but in a, in a spiritual thing, that when you attack, you succeed. And you have to understand what the word says in order to succeed. What, what solidifies it? Understanding verses like this. Look, Isaiah 54, 17, it says, But in the coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servant of the Lord, which is you and I. Their vindication will come from me. I says the Lord. So when you're in that position, when you're being attacked, yes, you need your shield. Yes, you need your helmet. Yes, you need your protection. But you have to know, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Sometimes you've got to silence the accuser by just saying, nope, I got this. God says you couldn't get me. It's not just, yes, your darts didn't hit me, but now you'll never, you'll never strike again. Understanding the word. You see, we understand that faith is important. Your helmet is important. Your shield is important. But even the Bible says in James 2.14, what is it good, brothers and sisters, if, we say, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that faith save anyone? Not my words, the Bible. All from the same Bible I'm preaching on this whole time. Understand that it is not enough sometimes to go into the battlefield with all your protection on because you'll still be there right there and then. I would still be there protecting me and Nene. I needed to strike for my Nene. Like, Nene, you good, son. I got you. Chiquito. Endito. You have to understand, family, what we're doing, this, what, what we're talking about in this series is so very important for your vital, to, to be able to survive as a Christian. Your next step and your next, next walk, what we want to do today is equip you as soldiers for God to go out in the battlefield. In your spiritual walk, you will face some of the hardest things in your life. You will face depression, sadness, bills will pile up. Maybe your relationships ain't going well. Maybe your kids is ratchet, Jesus. But God is saying, I want to prepare you for that in battle, in war. Let me explain something to you guys. 
Come here on a Sunday alone, and you probably can leave here with, the, with, 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 with knowing who God is so you, and knowing what he's done for you. So that's your helmet of salvation. You probably, you'll hear somebody say, protect, protect what God has given you. Protect your heart. And you can put the breastplate of righteousness. You can be told, hey, you know what God did for you? And you can remember that. Man, God brought me from a lot. And put your belt of truth on. You can be told, hey, be at peace. God is good. I got your shoes. And then you can put your shoes on, right? You can be told, look, have faith. The Bible says have faith. And you can pick up your shield, and you be like, you know what? It's true. But if you don't read it in the scripture and know where the core is and where it comes from, you will never be able to apply that all the way. Therefore, that is the sword of the spirit. This is going really fast. You mind if I finish a little early? (laughs) Some of you guys are like, yeah, please, Jesus, hallelujah. Wrap it up. You talk too much. I want you guys to close your eyes for a second and listen very carefully to what I'm about to read to you. I promise I'm I'm coming to an end soon and I only have about six more hours. Fourteen more verses each chapter. No, I'm kidding. Close your eyes for a second. I want to read something to you. In Romans 8, 31 through 34, it says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us from from whom God has chosen for his own people? The Bible says no one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Verse 38 says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons Neither our own fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Family, there is nothing too big. Nothing too mighty, nothing too small that can separate you from God's love. This is the word that we have to know. That when we're in the battle, when we're going through our hard times, when we're going through our depressive state, when we're suicidal even, God says, if you know this, if you have your weapon, you're ready for war. And there's some times that, yeah, you're going to get knocked down. Because you've done all you can, but the Bible says, but stand. That's the difference. There's a lot of positiveness in this world. There's a lot of people preaching, oh, self, self-God stuff. You put this chain around your neck and you're going to be good. But when you're defeated, who's going to bring you back up? Yourself? Haven't we all tried that already? Haven't we all been defeated and be like, let me try to get up? No. But God has given us the authority and power to say, now stand. Now stand. Family, I've been through a a whole lot in my life. The fact that I'm here this morning preaching in front of you guys is a crazy thing. 
for real. One thing I know to be true is that God saved me. I tried it all. I tried it all. The only real thing in my life, not even guitar, was God. The only way I was able to stand back up was knowing that I had the strength of God in me. Today, family, I want you to understand that we want to equip you to finally go back into war with your full armor of God. I want to read this part to you one more time. In Ephesians 6.13, worship team can get ready. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm again. I want to show you guys something and, and, and I want to have these guys in the back get prepared for that, for the slideshow. I want to show you something. And this is where it gets good. If you didn't hear anything I said this morning or anything we've been talking about for this last month in this series of Call of Duty, then, then listen now. I'm going to show you something that is amazing. In the spiritual Yes, we look like soldiers in the call of duty and we're diesel and we got the armor on and this is what it looks like in the spiritual. But in the physical, this is what it is to stand. This is what it looks like to stand. That's what it looks like to stand to be a father. That's what it looks like to stand. That's what it looks like to have the full armor of God on. In the midst of your trial, in the midst of your turbulation, in the midst of your struggles, stand. These pictures aren't coming from other places. This is you, family. And little by little, God is saying, I equipped you. I equipped you. Stand. Stand. And even when you've done it all, stand again. Stand. If you don't get this by now, then gosh, I don't know if you ever will. God is calling you to stand this morning. Stand firm in his authority, firm with his full armor on, understanding who he is with your, <clears throat> with your helmet of salvation, your breastplate of righteousness, your, your belt of truth, your shoes of peace, your shield of faith, and now with your sword of the Spirit, with, your, with the word of God. Family, I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. And I'm going to call the worship team up. And with every eyes closed, this morning we're going to officially equip you. You've been given every step. You've been told what this armor is about. But this morning... We want to release you as soldiers. Father God, right now, even in the midst of circumstance and battle, Lord Jesus, we declare to you right now this army of faith. Equipped with your armor, Jesus, 
equipped and ready to, to, to go into battle, Lord. We release your soldiers right now in Jesus' name. Nothing, God says, nothing will ever separate you from his love. No circumstance, no battle, nothing. Right now, I just hear Jesus saying, you're ready. Some of you here needed to hear that this morning. You are ready. Stop doubting yourself. Stop wondering, but do I got it all together yet? You're ready. Stand. But I just fell. I've just been defeated. Stand. But I don't know. My, my marriage is hurting right now. Stand. Stand. 